Welcome to the 9 to 5 Killers podcast, an explorative and insightful journey inside the minds of some of the most successful entrepreneurs who have killed their day jobs to pursue their passions. Streets raise me, born in 80s baby, Lord save me, cause today I'm going crazy with this bullshit, 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 crazy with this bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Welcome to episode eight of the nine to five killers podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Graham. Joining me on the show today is Shay and Viviana, two of the founding members of one of my favorite burlesque groups, the Siren Pact. It is a pleasure to have you ladies on the show today. How are you guys doing? I'm feeling great today. Okay. So tell everybody who you guys are. My name is Shay Olay and I am one of the executive producers of Siren Pact. And my name is Viviana, and I'm also an executive producer um, of Siren Pack Production. How did you guys meet? I think we met through a mutual friend almost a decade ago. And, right. and then throughout the years, I've seen some of the work that Viviana has done from being a makeup artist to a photographer as well. And um, overall, I knew that she was a creative artist. And so last year I reached out and asked her if she wanted to go on this journey with me. And luckily she said yes. Tell me a little bit about uh, Siren Pack. What is Siren Pack for people that don't know? And, uh, and how was it formed? Siren Pack is a subversive burlesque company where we produce immersive and provocative events. Um, so, for instance, we produce a monthly variety show in New York City that has burlesque and drag, flow arts, and all kinds of other um, performances. So that's what we do um, and how we do it. We have a team of producers and other, um, other artists who help us to make the magic. And Viviana, where do you play into this? Um, well... Again, like Shay mentioned, um, we've worked together a few times with whether it's photography or um, I do makeup art. And she saw something in me um, outside of the makeup art, so behind the scenes um, assisting with her photography and whatnot. So um, that's the same thing I tend to do with Siren Pack. I'm a behind the scenes, I, I stage manage. And I also design all of the elements um, that you see on Instagram, on our website. Um, I design the logos and the social media images and, and things of that sort. Yeah, so actually, you know, you just reminded me, Viv, I had a photo shoot. I hired her to be the makeup artist. But during this lifestyle shoot, she she was like, do you mind if I help stage the props? And all this other stuff. And so she ended up being such a great asset. She became the creative director of the shoot. And I loved her ideas. So that's how I knew for Siren Pack, she would be an asset. And in addition to being an executive producer for every actual show, she's the stage manager. And, you know, she's she's being quiet about it, but she actually has a branding company. They do branding and design. So they have done our logo. Anything that you see with Siren Pack on it, she created. 
So you're doing this full time. So you have your own company. It's a branding company. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of yes. your company? It's called Studio Creative Group. How long have you had this company? Um, the company has been in the works for a while, but it's it's been um, official for three years. What would you say was the hardest part in starting your own company? I would say probably not having to do it all. I don't have to do it all. So in the beginning, it was like, I have to do the design and I have to also invoice and I also have to be sales and I have to be marketing and I have, you know, all these different things. Um, And so that's where having a team really came into play because those things weren't my lane. My lane was to be a designer, be the creative. Um, So... I needed a team ASAP. <laughs> okay. And yeah. same question. Because, um, you also have, in addition to having Siren Pack, you also have your, another business as well. Yeah, I have a couple of them. <laughs> name one. So one of your businesses, right? So what, yeah. what, what was the hardest, well, what business is it that you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And um, what's the name of your business? So my other brand is called Speakeasy Noir Burlesque. Okay. Yes. And um, the hardest part of starting that was the same thing, like doing everything on my own. Like we... We love to be entrepreneurs, but we forget that means you have to be every single department. And I was like, nope, I need to reach out and find other people who can help me support. So even Viviana came on board with Speakeasy Noir as well, because I couldn't do it all myself. It's so funny. So when you came over, so Shay's here. um, and And where are you calling from right now, Viviana? I'm calling from Newark, New Jersey. Yeah, so Viviana couldn't come today because you you have you have another um, you have some work you have to do. So you're um, joining us via phone. When Shay first came over to the studio, she was saying, "Where's your audio guy?" Because last time we spoke, I had an audio guy. <laughs> because this is my business, I want to do four podcasts a month. I'm releasing two. I needed to. I have great audio people, but they're not they're not always accessible. Mm-hmm. So I had to get all my own audio gear. I had to learn how to, how to do the audio, and so. We, we, we are able to get mic her and we are able to do this podcast and have you call in because mm-hmm. I know very talented people. And sometimes when you're running a business, you have to be able to wear more than one hat. Yes. I mean, it's important to be capable of switching those hats, because even though um, like going back to Siren Pack, even though we were able to have a team, the team doesn't work at the same pace as Viviana and I like our work styles and work ethics are pretty similar and others are a little slow on the uptake (laughs) Um, or just whatever it might be. And so I still needed to know, like at the end of the day, though, Viviana and I would have everything done for every single show because others might take two weeks and I needed it in two hours. Okay. And, and, and there's also a third member. Yes. 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 Um, Who's the third, um, I guess, what, what would we call like a co-producer? So she's a producer. Um, Her name is Caliente Creatrix. Mm-hmm. And she's been around since the very beginning as well. Okay. So how, how does that work? Because for me, managing a business, I have my own business. Managing it is pretty hard when, because I've had people work with me and they have their own ideas of how things should work. And I have an idea how it should work. So when we have a, a creative difference, sometimes I overrule them. I'm like, you know what? Well, I think it's going to be this way and that's what's going to happen. And <laughs> I make, I make an executive decision. But when you have three partners, how does that work? 
are you guys always always on the same page and how do you guys how do you guys handle your differences and disputes Viv do you want to start with that (laughs) I'll I'll answer this one um no we don't always agree um and there but I think that's what we love about the group that we have is that we can all express ourselves and our ideas and opinions without hesitation without feeling like oh it's a stupid idea or it's not going to go um and sometimes you know Shay will have to um let go of her idea because others were might have been a little better or I will walk away from an idea because I'm not really that married to it like I gave my opinion but you know I'm I'm indifferent either way so whichever they they have to duke it out but um it's you know, we 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 tend to flush all the ideas out and just go with the best one and keep it moving yes i mean i was outvoted on the name of the company <laughs> Really, I, I, I started the company and was outvoted on the name, and I was like, you yes. know what? I, I fine, we'll go with the group. Interesting. So, what was what was going to be the official name of Siren Pack? I'm I'm curious. <laughs> no, well, we were still in the just the phase of trying to figure it out. We were brainstorming, and I felt like Siren Pack was too closely related to myself as an individual, and I wanted the company to not just be about me. And um, but they were like, no, we like that name. We're going with it. Oh, OK, I think that that's a strong name because I'll, I'll tell you something, how I first saw Siren Pack. We know each other before Siren Pack. I know that you at one point you were doing pole dance or pole fitness mm-hmm. um, and we met that way. So I, I, I was introduced to the burlesque world somewhat through you because mm-hmm. um, I don't. First of all, I don't like um, I don't like. Um, what is it? I don't like strip clubs, right? Mm-hmm. And so people all 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 the, all the time when people would see me post a video when I started shooting your videos, mm-hmm. I would get into fights with people. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's that's a that's a uh, you go to strip clubs." I'm like, burlesque and strips is like. By the way, I don't see anything wrong with strip clubs mm-hmm. either. I'm just saying it's not for me personally. And it's different, it's different mm-hmm. but it's just not for me. I, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like my 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 perspective as a man at a strip club is this: when I only been, let's say, four times. The first time I went was to a very, you know, it's a very hood strip club, right? And uh, so it was, they didn't serve drinks and they wanted you to buy the girls drinks. Um, everyone's telling you a story. Um, everybody's name is Diamond or Precious. And uh, I didn't like that feeling. And then it was, it was just not my thing, right? And then I, somebody um, later down the road, I, I had a, um, I was training a guy that worked at um, Morgan Stanley. And uh, he was like, yo, you should come with us to like, you, you, you had a bad experience because you went to like probably one of those, um, those other kind of strip clubs. You went to you know, a high end strip club. I said, okay, I'll try it out. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, and the company pays for everything. So you don't have to worry about anything. So they gave us all this money. We went to scores downtown. I don't know if you heard of scores. Yes. So I we went to scores. Mm-hmm. I went inside there. And as soon as I got in there, I saw some interest in women and, but the ba- a big bouncer came over to me and he said, just so you know, cause you look new here don't touch the women. I said, what does that mean? He's like, don't touch them. I said, no, I was going to just put the the money like in there. He said, don't do that. He said, put it on the table. I said, what? So that, that I knew I wasn't going back there. One, it wasn't, oh. even the, it wasn't even the fact that he said, uh, don't touch the women. It was that the way he said oh, it, yes. um, like, cause you guys talk at Siren Pack when I come to your show, you give a nice um, it's a consent mm-hmm. um, uh, situation where you're telling people, 
the, the dancer has to consent. If you want to touch them, you ask them and they'll tell you yes or no. And they'll ask if they can touch you. Yes. I'd yes. rather hear, hear it coming like that than from a, a six foot six <laughs> big dude. <laughs> so talk about that, actually. Um, yes. In the show, we make it a point to emphasize consent, especially because our show is immersive and it's a floor show. So you're it's almost as if you're s- seated in someone's living room. And when we dance, we're inches away from you and we like to be interactive. But every audience member doesn't want to interact in every act, and it's okay. So just as much as it's emphasized that you respect the performer and receive consent before touching them, we felt it was equally important that our performers also receive consent from the audience members before engaging with them. It's important that both are honored. Tell me about it, because I've definitely (laughs) been to, uh, I love burlesque, and I've definitely been to shows where, um, the performers, one I went to where one of the performers put a guy's head in her breast and the woman that was with the guy, she stayed for like five minutes and they both walked out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, that guy's going to have some kind of problem when he gets home. Yeah, it's important that both sides have like consent. So let me ask you a question. So I have, uh, I have, so this is more on the side of, of what makes you, uh, and this could be a question for both of you. Viviana, one, you're dealing in a group where it's taboo. How was it when you told like your family members, uh, your mom, your dad, did you get any kind or even friends? Did you guys get any kind of like backlash from it? And if so, um, what made you push forward? Um, I'll go first. Um, I, I didn't um, get any backlash I did get people thinking that I was performing and they were like, uh, I'm not comfortable with seeing you naked. <laughs> like, um, I didn't say I was dancing. I just want you to come to the show I'm producing. Um, so that was, that's been my experience. Like I've had, you know, guys ask, you know, will you be performing? And if yes, then I'll come. And I'm like, <laughs> what in the world? I think it's interesting to see, um, how people view burlesque that have either never been or just hear cliche um, talk about what to expect there. And our shows are just different. Um, and I like that we definitely address the audience in how to treat the, the performers because we're not a strip club. We're not a high-end escort service. You know, we're not <laughs> a, a unicorn, feel for unicorn. It's, it's we were very different and we're very specific in the beginning of our shows with how um, everyone should be treated, both the patron and the performer. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, for me, I, I've never really gotten backlash for being a pole dancer or a burlesque performer. Um, whether, you know, years ago when I even worked on Wall Street, I would invite my colleagues to my performances and they would come and celebrate and love it. Um, and then my family as well, they have come to the shows. They've asked for um, their own lessons, which that's where I draw the line. Like, I just won't be teaching. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who asked you for lessons? I'm, my mother. Your mother asked Yes, you when lessons. I first started pole dancing, she asked if I could teach her. And I was like, I draw the line. Whereas now I'm in a different place. I think I, I could do you that. You could do it. <laughs> yes. So I've never gotten any pushback from my actual community. Here and there, strangers might 
you know, make a comment or they'll even say, what would your mother think? And those people, their voices, unfortunately, it doesn't matter. It's, it's so funny that you said right. you, you didn't get any, 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 any pushback because I even got pushback from knowing you. <laughs> I'll tell, no, it's no, no lie. I, I was, um, you know, we shot like two videos years ago mm-hmm. and um, way after the videos were shot, I, I was dating this woman and she saw one of the videos and saw Glenn Graham and she's like, did you shoot this video? And I was like, yeah, I shot it. And she was like, oh, you're shooting strippers? And she said it in such a negative oh, way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, first of all, um, she said, you don't like the, you don't strike me as the person that was hang out with strippers. She said it twice, like in a very <laughs> derogatory way. And I was like, I'm so surprised. I'm totally the type of person that would hang out with strippers, right? So that was how I got with her and um, just getting back at her. But I said, first of all, I tried to explain to her, you know, that that's not what the situation was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was bent on calling you that, right? And and continue like to, just, just saying very like very nasty remarks, right? So finally, I was like, I was super upset because I'm like, I know you personally. And I was like, I'm not even gonna defend you. I said, cause you could do a better job yourself. But what I did do, I thought about it for a minute um, while we were having the argument, cause it wasn't a discussion. And um, I said to her, I'm so surprised that, you know, you, you're, cause she was a woman of, um, she ran um, women empowerment movements. So I said, I, so, I find it so funny that, I, that some of the people who are big into women empowerment and always talking about how men are telling women what to do with their bodies is you're the, I wonder if they know you're a hypocrite. Mm-mm. She mm. sat there, she cried, and she <laughs> said, how could you, how could you make, make me feel so bad about that? I said, you're the one that said it. You're always the one that said that men are always trying to control your bodies. And here you are, you don't want to hear that what this woman is, even if she was a stripper, the way you mm-hmm. talk about her, like she's not another woman, you said something to the effect like, uh, if it's if it looks like a pig, it's a pig. Oink, you, oink. Yeah, you made those comments, <laughs> and then you're going to go off to a women's empowerment rally. Yeah. That is so hypocritical. So I'm surprised you never ran across no, anybody like I, that. No, I've, I've run across people who, and I, I, it sounds bad, but they, they are people whose voices do not matter in my life. Like mm-hmm. people who are in similar network groups or their acquaintances, and they've made like derogatory comments um, or demeaning comments about sensual and erotic dance. And I just don't care. Like I, I don't care about Good. their opinions. Mm-hmm. There are some people where I do uh try to like educate them a little bit, but I'm, I'm not everyone's life teacher. <laughs> and I, I appreciate them showing me how closed off they are because then I know you're not my target audience. You're not someone I'd want to be friends with. Like we don't mesh and it's okay. I did have one guy uh, before I started dating him, he made a comment and said that queens do not do burlesque. And I was like, how do you know? Like, what queen do you know that you can make that quote about? Um, And he was just like, I just feel like that's not something, you know, an honorable woman should do. Then enjoy your existence alone. Like, I don't care. But we did get to know each other a little bit more and went out a few times. I brought him to a burlesque show and he fell in love with burlesque. We don't date anymore, but <laughs> in that case, I was willing to teach him a little bit. But I, I don't, I don't care about the people who don't like burlesque or pole dancing. Good. And so, what I what I find uh, with um, just re, just um, getting um, to something different, when you have a person that 
hasn't been to a burlesque show. Like I recently bought mm -hmm. some friends down to your. Which thank you for that. Oh, it was amazing. They had a great time because I'm always, I'm always, um, I'm always nervous bringing people down. Mm -hmm. um, I had a situation years ago where I bought, I was taking a friend out and he was married and uh, he was, we were, I was taking him off for his birthday. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take you to her because he likes, he sees things like post. He's a family man. I said, you know what? You should come to this burlesque thing and you should bring your wife. And he's like, all right. So they got two tickets. So um, we, they, um, they came to pick me up from my house. We get, I get in the car and then there's another car following us. And then they pull up and they park. And then I see like an older couple get out. I'm like, who are these people? And he's like, oh, that, that's my, um, that's my in-law. That's my, um, my, my wife's <laughs> mother and her father. And I was like, you want to take them with us? And she was like, yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, we can't wait to see this performance. And I'm like, I wonder if they know what burlesque is, right? Mm -hmm. So we go to, I think it was the Wayne Park. It was one of the places. It's a dinner first. And yes. it was an opera mm -hmm. themed. It was an opera themed burlesque. So the parents are all excited. They haven't been out in years. We get to we get to the spot. We sit down. And, and they're so excited. We eat the meal, uh, three course meal. And then this woman comes out. She starts singing opera. They're like, oh, this is amazing. Then all of a sudden, the woman starts taking off her clothes, right? <laughs> And then I look over at the mother and her mouth is like open wide like this. And her eyes open and, and the wife's the same thing. And, and, and my friend and his, my friend's laughing and the father is like is looking at, 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 at us like, what the hell is wrong, you guys? And then so that we, we stayed for the whole show. And after the show, the mother came up to me and grabbed me and hugged me and said, I loved it. See? This is beautiful. Oh. This is like, you know, but, but I mean, my, 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 and so since then I'm always nervous because people have different responses. They to this. do. And the thing is, you know, I say bring the whole family with you <laughs> to the show as long as they're 21 and older, but also, you know, if you go to the show and it really just is not entertaining for you, you can always leave. Right. I've gone to movies and theater productions where I was willing to take the risk. And then I left because I wasn't enjoying it. But at least give it a try. Um, your eyes may become open to something you didn't know about before. And because it is, a, it's in one sense, it's a taboo art form, but it's also not. Like, it's okay to watch people dance. It's okay to acknowledge that this person has a beautiful body or a curvy body. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're going home with them or now you don't want your wife. Like, if anything, it could inspire you. I was very inspired after that <laughs> night. I'm going to leave it at that, ladies. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, so, uh, Viviana, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Um, what do you think um, is, is, uh, what happens when, when, have you ever had a situation when you brought somebody down, they didn't understand or they understood or, or what, what has been your experience? Um, <clears throat> my experience has been I don't know that I have one to speak of. Like I've invited friends that have come. Um, my last, the last show we had, um, a client of mine came, um, and he brought two friends, which I thought was awesome. I think when I personalize the, the post that I post about the show and, and talk about how, proud I am of the show and whatnot, I open the audience to people seeing more of what I'm, I'm working on and what I'm getting into. And people will say, well, I never knew that you were into burlesque. I'm, I'm a very introverted person and I don't 
speak too much about anything actually that I'm working on. I just, I, I find that I don't think people really care <laughs> about anything I'm working on. So I just don't really speak on it. But when I do, when, when something means a lot to me and I post it and, and open, you know, my, at least my followers and, and audience to what I'm working on, I get a better reaction from people. Um, and, and it gives them a sense of more of who I am. Like they don't know all of the things that I'm interested in. Like I, I love burlesque. Um, I actually love watching Shay move. Like, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Shay, but yeah. you're like, it, you, it's like, if you're going to go to a show, you need to come to ours because, you know, we have a certain caliber of dancers and when Shay performs, it's a treat. So even if you didn't like anybody else, you're going to love her. <laughs> so, well, I like yeah, I, I I, like I love the way she moves. No, definitely. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Uh, and I do love the way a lot of the dancers there move. Like mm-hmm. I, you guys have a great selection, uh, which segues into my next question. Yeah. Um, when, you know, you asked me to be a sponsor and I was super excited and I, um, I, I called you up and I was like, hey, I'm going to sell tickets. I'm going to have some friends come out. And I already started telling people because um, I posted the first show I went to was like last month. I think which yes. one was that again? Uh, Once upon a time that was in July. <clears throat> yeah, the Once upon a time one when you had that fairy tale thing. I really enjoyed it, and I wanted some friends to come out, so I started, you know, promoting it a little bit. Because if I'm a sponsor, I want to, like I told Shay, I want to make sure that I'm 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 bringing value to whatever my my name's attached to, and mm-hmm. then I was like, what's the lineup? And she was like, well, I got this, that, and I have a drag show. I was like, hmm. Now, I've been to a lot of burlesque shows mm-hmm. and usually there's a drag performance, but I didn't know that her experience in it. And I and I think that I've been to some that is done very well and I've been to some where it's not done very well. Mm-hmm. So I was but your performer, Glowjob. Yes. Shout out to Glowjob. Uh shout did, out to Glow did an amazing <laughs> yes. frigging job. Mm-hmm. I mean, super on point, not vulgar not like none of the dancers are were vulgar. Like they all have a certain kind of way in which they do it within an art form. But his, I really liked it because all of those clips that he used from that interview, he's going to make me go back and, and try to find some of those interviews. Yes. And just to and break just, down, break down what, what he did exactly. So, so what, people know. She did, what, what she did. What excuse she me. did. So, um, glow job did probably about a 10 minute set and it was, um, a mix of, um, like, what do you say? Like live interview, commentary. like commentary portions that um, she lip synced or lip talked to, I guess, as well as um, a mix of different songs. And um, and she's just amazing. I had mentioned on the show I'd seen her at another um, performance and she actually was just the go-go dancer at this other performance. And I could tell she had like the it factor and and uh, she actually, her first official like drag burlesque performance was at our show in April. Okay. So she created, she had like this, um, a costume that she modeled in, but there wasn't an actual act to the costume. And she made an act for our show that was amazing. And we extended the invitation for her to come back whenever she wanted. So last last night no a few nights ago the last show um she brought her hot summer nights performance and it was spectacular so many surprises and reveals yes like the audience loved her 
a lot of people killed it. And yeah. and I don't know the name of this other performer you had. Um, I've got to remember her name, but okay. So she, <laughs> well, I could, it's very easy. She had the, um, she did the, uh, the holy fantasy. Oh, Taffeta Punk. Taffeta Punk. That's the name. Taffeta Punk. Amazing performer. Yes. Um, she changed my friend, Alan, Alan. She changed my friend, Alan's life forever. Oh, really? <laughs> With that performance. You know what? The, your friend, I think he was the one who said the show felt like sex therapy. Yeah. Um, what was it? Um, the guy with the glasses? Yeah. The one who was her chair sitter. Yes. Oh, the chair sitter. Oh, man. Yes. So Taffeta Amazing. actually has uh, a theater background, which is how we connected. And we performed in a different show together. Uh, and I loved that performance that she did. It felt like a movie. Yes, and so she's she's one of the founding members of Siren Pack. Really? Mm -hmm. So she also performs in almost every show when she's able to. And so I feel like her acts have a lot of storytelling and theatrics behind them, whether it's the one we saw last night, which was, I keep saying last night, Thursday, the last show. The last show. Uh, that one was exploring a church fantasy. She had another that was Shakespeare inspired. And then she had another that was inspired from a character from the Bible. Wow, wow. I mean, listen, I, when you go, you're not to a burlesque show. Like I, I've been to a few. I was not expecting that. So I was like, I, yes. immediately when she started, when she, when she said it was a church fantasy, I was thinking, <laughs> damn, does any of these people that I invited, right. are they like into the church? Are they going to be offended? And I was like, you know what? If they are, like you said, they can leave. Um, but yo, I don't think anybody there walked out. We was all yeah. mesmerized. That performance was amazing. It was different. It was different. Yeah. It was different. Yeah. Yeah, I like especially how creative um, the performances are. Like they're, some of them are very out of the box, and Taffa's are definitely out of the box. She adds a little humor to them, and um, just she she really incorporates the audience. It's just mm -hmm. amazing the way that she performs. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So now. How do you guys like? So now that we're now that we got that out of the way, let's talk a bit about the the business side. Because I got I get caught up when I talk about burlesque. I love I talk about it all day. <laughs> um, but I like because what most people don't realize is when when you're dealing with entertainment, there's a business side. So what? How do you guys tackle the business side of making sure that you know these are great performances? How do you make sure that the, the dancers get paid? That they are. Um, that they're bringing a high caliber because Madame X is not a big place. No. So uh, how do you generate the revenue um, to make it lucrative for everybody and everybody makes sure that it's um, it's something that um, they can continue. Like you said, some of these some of these dancers are using this to pay their rent or <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what you say again? I don't, don't want to misquote you. What yeah, you say I exactly? I said that. I, I don't entirely remember. Like okay, I, I'll tell you what you said <laughs> okay. since you don't remember. You said. Some of these, uh, you know, these performers are using the money to buy, like, um, they already have the money for the food, but this is for, like, condiments. Yeah, for the hot sauce. The hot sauce. <laughs> I love it. So how do you make sure that the, that the, that the, the, the talent makes money to buy some hot sauce? Um, well, well, that's a layered answer. Part of it is that, like, we as producers, we're taking on the financial risk of the show. So... First of all, we need to sell tickets because that is how we pay the performers. But if we don't sell enough, we still have to guarantee that they meet a minimum. And that comes out of our pocket. 
And so that's also more incentive to make sure we are selling the show, that we're marketing it, that there are press releases, that we're finding great partners and brands to help sponsor our raffles and things like that. And it it can be a challenge sometimes. You know, in the summer, a lot of shows don't have as large of an audience because people are on vacation. So Every day we are hustling in a sense. Um, and we stay on top of things because of spreadsheets and lots of emails, constant communication um, that helps to keep us on track on a month-to-month basis. That's some of it. And, and, and what's your answer, uh, Viviana? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that Shay is a marketing beast. and um, we both love structure and order and organization and and keeping things tight Um, but I I really have to give Shay her props when it comes to um, keeping things organized and keeping us on schedule uh, and making sure that we are out in the networks outside of just social media marketing sponsored posts and um, emails uh, blast like she is thinking of creative ways to put us in the market uh, and and as a destination uh, entertainment wise uh, location um, things something to do in New York couple time date night things of these natures I think it's um, genius the things that she comes up with um, but also uh, you but also you know having good looking branding, um, and just being coordinated, um, is, is extremely helpful. Um, and, um, I think, I think like selling tickets is, is the, the main pot, but it's also the performances. Um, the, the performers get paid through having a kick-ass performance. Mm-hmm. So if they, you know, if they want the coin, then they have to dance their ass off, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, and it shows, it shows, you it know, does. when you have a lot of thought and preparation and, you know, when you, when you go out there and do your thing, people are, you know, people will enjoy it and show it through the money that they throw. Yeah. Um, I would say that. You know, I I feel like there are some performances where it seems like it's really about the artists. You know, they just want to do this thing. And because our show is also um, people tip in our show and they can make additional money from their tips. It was important that they actually have acts that are at a certain caliber and that are entertaining. Like it can't. I I don't know if you've seen it before where some artists just create art for themselves. And I don't feel like you can do that. If you want an audience to sit there for two or three hours, you need to honor their time and money and give them a show that they're going to enjoy. And that helps us to sell the show. I would say that from, from being a person who, like I said, I go to a lot of shows and I've been to shows where just that, like the person, it's all about them. They don't consider like that wherever they're performing, they're not thinking about their body in reference to where the stage is and that mm-hmm. this whole side of the room is being ignored. People yeah. are on their phones, starting ta- texting, doing yeah. whatever. Like when, right. you lose, like when you lose an understanding of 
like the audience engagement, you lose a percentage of the business. And some mm-hmm. people, like you said, because you you guys are in the in um your business women. Not like not every performer is a business woman. Oh, yes, we know. <laughs> right. So some people do think it's about me and I want to make this grand thing and I don't care who gets it. And that's very nice and fine to say when, when, but when you're a person and you have a, a place like Madam X, I mean, Madam X is wants us. Um, I mean, um, Madam X is the, uh, well, shout out to Madam X. I've been going to Madam X Riley for years. Yeah. Um, never been upstairs mm-hmm. in my oh, entire wow. life. Uh, but yeah, for many years I've been going there. Mm. Uh, and so you introduced me to that part, but just getting back to what I'm saying. So you have people and they're not concerned with, the business side of it. They're just like, I want to perform. I want my friends to see me. I want everybody to see my body, but I don't care if they stay or not. And yeah. I like that you, you've you thought about this. Mm-hmm. No, that's important to, to us. I mean, anyone like our founding members, as well as the producers like Caliente or myself, we are also performers. So we're seeing the business side of it as well as the performance side. So it, it makes a difference. I think the other thing that we did, we also have broken the mold a little bit in um, our like financial structure. So for instance, in burlesque, the door person is often just like given a couple bucks to check people in at the door. We, I wanted to raise like the pay rate for our door person because for me, they are the first person that my audience sees. A hundred percent. They set the stage and the tone of the show. And so I wasn't just going to be like, here's $25 to check people in. I needed them to like own that moment as well. And so we paid them higher than, I guess, what's considered industry standard. Um, and there are different different uh, positions like that where we change the mode. So like our stage kitten and go-go dancer that we have for every show, that's the person who kind of entertains the audience. Is that, is that one of Marlena? That was Marlena for I the last Marlena. show. I love Marlena. She is isn't wasn't she the one that did it for um she did one for um she did it for once upon a time and she was this well, one. Oh yeah, that's true. So, I yes. remember, I recognized her because I'm like she did such a great job in one in the once upon a time yes. and you did and hot summer nights. So shout out to Marlena. Marlena, oh my, she God. is a killer. I love her. I love that lady. Um, she her tagline is she's the patron saint of sluts and sinners. It's so delicious. Uh, sometimes she's an actual performer in the show. Okay, but our performers love the show so much that they also will kitten and go go. Mm-hmm. In the burlesque industry, kittening and go go is seen as like the intern position. And again, they're paid like minimum. Sometimes it's even volunteer. But I was like, no, my kitten is on stage the most. So they are also performing. So we pay our stage kitten the same rate that we pay our performers, which is not normal. They also get a cut of the tips um, from like this group pool as well. And so I needed them I needed them to be on the same level. And that was at first when we had the team of producers talking about this, like the rate for the door person or the kitten, they didn't agree with me at first. And I insisted that we pay them more because they, their roles are equally as important. That's great that you, that you see the value in that because that's stuff that I noticed. Like, um, I don't want to say anything, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, Sometimes, right, when I've been to shows, one person performing, not even performing, the person who is bringing people out can be so bad that it can put a taint on the show. Mm -hmm. I've seen that Mm -hmm. at some shows. I won't say any name of those shows, 
um, because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But yes, so I love the fact that you are your conscience, you're conscious that this is this is part, this is a business deal. And so the person that is um, from the moment you come in, they're greeting you. They don't give you any attitude. Um, from the person that is like um, emceeing the night, mm-hmm. um, collecting money, giving out raffles. I love that you you guys both thought of of how to make this a process that uh, it just runs seamless and I love it. Yeah. And I think that goes back to us also being an immersive show. That means every moment we need to ensure our audience is in it. And so I don't right. want them the to The minute be, you walk through the door. The minute you walk through the door, you are in our world. And so I need every moment um, for, for it to be good for our audience. And we even tell our performers because in between their acts, they sometimes come out in the house and they might dance during intermission or just like sit there with their friends too. And we remind them like, unless you're in the dressing room, you're still on. You know, you don't have to be your character for the night, but you still have to have a certain aesthetic about the way you interact with our guest because I need my guests to feel like they're in our world. Right. That's right. great. Um, what do you guys feel about like, so, so, so some, some, um, some burlesque shows, they don't allow video or they don't allow photos, but you guys, you have a photographer, mm-hmm. but you also allow video. And so people to post on social media. You actually even encourage people to to post on social media. Mm-hmm. You said at one point, if your page is private, I don't even know why people have their page private at this <laughs> well, day and age. No, but, uh, I get it. No, I don't get it. Especially when if you're a business, there's people with there's people with a business, and and they have their page private. I don't mm-hmm. get it. But that's another story. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> okay. But anyway, you encourage people to shoot video and stuff. Why? Because it's another um, it's another marketing tactic, of course. Um, as a performer, it's also great to have even more clips of yourself. Um, I also like to see our audience spreading the word and sharing about um, their experience as well, because then their friends are going to be like, where were you at last night? Whether And I've seen sometimes people post and their friends either love it or they're like, Mm-mm, that's not for me. But you're talking about it and you're commenting on those those posts and now you know our right. name and I also right. it, again it's it's immersive so it's okay to share about your experience like we ask that people don't live stream the show and just have the whole thing running right. but yes take pictures I like that because even with my friend who who got that amazing lap dance mm-hmm. from um ta- ta- Taffeta Punk, Taffeta Punk uh, I asked him I said would you mind if I post this he said oh, no post it and so when I posted it on my page some people that work with us, he was. They were like, "Oh, look at his face. Why is his face like that?" I'm like, "Listen, because he's that, enjoying it." That's what I said. I said, "I said you would have seen my face if that was me." I mean, <laughs> right? he did a great job. Yeah. I mean, what are you talking about? You know, but, but what it is is sometimes I think people you want to you have to give them the permission to enjoy. Yes. I love to enjoy, so I don't really need permission. I take my lady with me, mm-hmm. uh, and and that was even that was even a surprise for her because she didn't she didn't know that I was into um, burlesque. Mm-hmm. I just said, "Oh, my friends performing, we should go." And she's like, "You're into that stuff? I'm heavy into burlesque, but I di- I just never know how people will take it. So for me, I'm always concerned with like you know because I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna go regardless. I just would like to go with my lady. Yes. Um, but some people don't like it. I've definitely been in relationships where mm-hmm. they go, "Well, I'm not going," and then they say, "I still go." 
Yeah. So it is important. And you know, our show is not for everyone. It's not. We are not trying to be the show where every single person needs to come to it. There are different styles and genres of burlesque. And even our tagline is meant to attract the right people and to repel the wrong people. We use words like subversive, provocative, and immersive. That already tells you a certain story. If that like gets under your skin, don't come to the show. But if there's something in you where you're just like, oh, that's interesting, or I'm provocative too, yes, you're the right kind of person. You know, we also have a mm-hmm. small house. At most, we can fit 75 people. And so I want the right 75 people that like this kind of stuff. And it's also, that goes back to why we want people posting pictures and videos, because I want to bring in more of the right kind of people to the show. And so if you see our picture and you're like, mm, I'm curious, or that looks delicious, come. Okay, now this question is for both of you guys. Um, what, uh, what have you taken from, from your last job, um, your nine, last nine to five, that you can apply, um, that, you, that you do apply to being an entrepreneur? Do you want to start, Beth? Viviana? Sure. <laughs> she just threw it to you. She just kept holding it to you. Right. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is I'm, I'm a, I work hard. Um, and so if I'm going to work hard for my employer, who this wasn't my dream, I'm just working as hard because that's who I am at someone else's dream then I can do the same and put the same energy, time, sweat, blood, and tears into my dream. Um, And so that is why I'm an entrepreneur and no longer in the workforce. Um, But I think it's important for me to, to know that it's okay to believe in me and um, the things that I'm working on and, you know, believe in my experience, my skill set, that I can continue to do this because entrepreneurship is not for everyone. And um, it's a difficult journey, but I don't know that I would ever turn back from it. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I, a lot of my experience has something to do with who I, who I am today. So I was um, a paralegal. I worked in sales. I was an event planner. I did graphic design, um, but I've been an executive assistant since I was 14 years old. And I, I do credit a lot of my organization and um, the way that I think to being an executive assistant, like working for presidents and CEOs of companies, to my the way that I work, my work ethic. So. Um, nine to five did do some good to me. <laughs> nice, nice. And I think for me, I, I made the mistake when we first started trying to make everything equal for everyone. Everyone's paid the same. Everyone has the same voting rights. Everyone, it, it's just all equal. And um, that does not work for everything. What made you um, go? So 
What made you go, do that, go that route? I think because in the corporate setting, I've seen hierarchies or I've seen bosses that kind of had an ego. And I wanted to make sure like that with this company, it felt like this was a team effort and not one person was the main leader or something. And so I made the mistake of just being like, everything's equal. Everyone's a leader. Everyone's a leader. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, I had these wonderful right, right. dreams trying to be the opposite of what I saw. And that didn't work like and that's how we went from six producers to actually three producers like we are a team but we need it like Viv really manages the finances I don't she just she sends that to me because that's her strength I handle you know the marketing um and but we would have people who wanted to have a meeting just on like what picture needs to go up I don't have time for that. Like, I need you like selling tickets. I need you expanding the brand. I can't schedule a meeting for the six of us to determine what image goes up next. So you went from having six people that were running the show to now three. Yes. Now, how did that? How did that work? How did you? How did you? So, how did you go about uh, eliminating? With those three people. <laughs> if I if I'm not being too uh, no, forward, it's okay. You know, uh, one person actually chose to take a step back and to be more on our advisory committee because what we realized was that everyone being a producer didn't work. We needed different levels, and so she's on our advisory committee, and we love her. She's Luna K. She runs the Fit Factory, and whenever we're making big company decisions, we bring her back in to advise us as well. Um, two of the people, one decided to take a step back and one we had to actually remove them from the team. And it was because we had certain standards. Like I was very clear on this is what Siren Pack is. This is what it means to produce. And if you can't be on this level, like it, you can't be on the team. And so that is how it came about. So were they were they voted out or did you um, uh, make no. executive decision? Like I said, the one what well, you know, what? I made the decision of what the company was going to be like. I we got to Siren Pack 2.0 and I made a list of like, this is what it means to be on this team. And one person saw that list and also my style of leading. And they said, they didn't want to be a producer anymore. And it wasn't bad blood because they still perform with us. They're still a founding member. Uh, there was another person who still wanted to stay apart, but the issues kept dragging on. They just kept dragging on. And so then I had to reach out to say like, your services are no longer needed. Um, I, Viviana was aware of it, so we had been talking back and forth, but I didn't even put it to a vote of the team because it was clear this person was disruptive to the company and they just needed to go. So there are times when I'm just going to make an executive decision. Okay. And usually my executive decisions are perfectly aligned with Viv, though. <laughs> okay. So so this, so you actually bring me up into, an, so we're about to end in, a, in mm -hmm. a minute. I have like maybe two more questions I gotta yeah. ask. So you, this, this brought another question about that I'm thinking of. What do you do when you have an amazing performer? Because this happens in business. Mm -hmm. um, you have an amazing employee or performer, however you want to see, say it. And, but they are a disruption to the rest of the team. And you might feel that, do you ever, do you get rid of them because um, um, you feel like they may taint the rest of the team? Or do you, how do you handle with that? How do you, how do you get rid of somebody who's an amazing performer, but wants to do things in their own way? 
Well, so our performers are hired on a month-to-month basis. So if you're in our last show and I noticed that you were disrespectful or like you don't respond to deadlines, we're not going to have you back. Um, we also even when we hire them, we have a list of like what our um, our standards are. And it even mentions that if we have to ask you to leave during the show, right, like if you disrespect our audience or the venue staff, we may ask you to leave immediately. We haven't had to do that like day of. And we have had people where, you know, they're a good performer, but we, we actually had a meeting about this because we have the opportunity to take our show to a couple other cities. And we we're going through the list and we're like, she's a great performer, but she doesn't communicate well. She can't go. I can I can find another. I would rather have someone who can communicate well and then I train them to be a better dancer than to be a good dancer. And you suck at the business side of it. Like, I can't I can't do that. Okay, I agree. And I also I want to add to that, that there is um, nothing that is worth sacrificing the health and. um, um. Like the well-being? Yeah, like the our name. Like, if there's nothing that's worth um, sacrificing any of, of what Siren Pack is about and who we are and the name that we've put out there um, for a good act. There, there's, just, there's just nothing that we would say, well, you know, maybe this is okay, or yeah. we, we, we just wouldn't um, vary in our standards that way. No, um, because like Shay said, that you, they're trainable. Everyone, I mean, people can be taught new moves and, um, to up their, their level of performance, but the core of who they are, if they're nasty, if they're disrespectful, if they can't communicate, if they're argumentative, that destroys the, what we've built and they can go. <laughs> they can go. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, final question, ladies. If you if you can go back and 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 talk to your younger self, what advice would you give your younger self in terms of what's needed, the mindset that's needed to be um, a a professional, a working professional, entrepreneur that is successful? What kind of advice would you give yourself? I will. Oh, oh. <laughs> you could think about it, Viv. No, gonna, ahead, I'll, I'll let, I'll let uh, Shay take this one, yeah. and you and you yeah. and you go, go, ahead, you go right. second. I this might not be the normal response, but I would tell my younger self to actually be even more ruthless, even more direct, even more like be more of a hunter, more of a shark. Um, you know, as yeah. women, we're taught to be nurturing and caring and that's important but sometimes it's also important to be the leader to make executive decisions and to negotiate hard and I have second guessed myself like in my journey just growing up and I would tell 10 year old Shay and 15 year old Shay like no be ruthless. Wait, when you say ruthless, what do you mean? Like kick them when they down? No, like not kick them when they're down, but like be direct, <clears throat> say exactly what you want. You want. Don't compromise your standards. Like let things roll off your back. If you need to cut someone, don't like stop giving 20 chances. Give one chance and then cut them. But I don't see that as being ruthless. Yeah. You know, I think that- I think well, that I use the, ruthless as a good word. No, but I think that yeah. the way it's framed, right? Uh-huh. Where like, for example, when, when, a, when a man does what he wants, right? 
he mm-hmm. is being a leader. He's being yes. he's being cutting edge. He's being hard nosed. When a woman does that, she's a bitch. She's yeah. she's whatever. So I think the word ruthless. I think what you goes along with that. What you're describing mm-hmm. is that's a control word that I think that they would put on a woman. She's being ruthless because she's uh or she's being a a, a bitch or whatever mm-hmm. because because she's she's speaking up for herself. She's not explaining. She's not giving people a thousand chances. She's not trying to be the nurturer all the time because mm-hmm. there's a time to be a nurturer. Yes, and there's a time to take that sword out and have the baby on your back and cut. So I believe that that's what I see when I look at you. Mm-hmm. I see that person that's like not af- afraid to to go out there and and push. So yeah, so. I like that. I like that answer. Viviana, what's your, what's your answer? Um, well, I first have told my younger self that, um, financial health is very important. Um, how to manage money and how to, how important it is to be, um, to not be reckless with it. So I wasn't taught financial health. So this was something that I, I learned as I grew up. Um, and then also, as far as you, to just not be afraid, um, to be, to not be afraid of who who I am or the woman that I was becoming and not always wonder what other people had to say or what their opinions were. Um, I find that in my journey, I doubted so much about me that I didn't really discover who I, who I was until I was well into my upper thirties, um, which is a late time to develop, but, um, which is why I instill my, this knowledge into my daughter. She's 17 and she's going to be an amazing woman because she, I just teach her the things that I'm learning now when that I wish I'd learned when I was her age. So, love yourself, you know, you, she's born beautiful. So work on educating yourself, being smart, making smart business moves and, and just enjoying, enjoying life and not worrying about who is saying what about you. That's a great, that's a great answer. And, and, and it brings up another thing that I, I'm going to be bringing to the podcast because this is, um, not only am I going to interview nine to five killers or people who are entrepreneurs like yourself, but also, <clears throat> I, I agree in certain communities, financial um, wealth is just not there. People don't don't teach it to you. So you're finding out as you have money. That's why they say like when a person inherits a million dollars or and hits the lottery, why they die so quickly? Because they don't really know how to manage money. And now they've been given this this money and they don't understand that it's not um, how to invest and use it. So I'm going to be bringing on two financial advisors and they're going to give um, we're going to make it fun because there's plenty of people giving out financial advice. But my thing is we're trying to craft, craft a, um, a way to make it fun so that I'm actually negotiating with some, some, my, my girlfriend, uh, Alessia's uh, financial advisors. We're trying to bring them on and I want them to, we're going to come up with a curriculum that is fun that will introduce finances to people, um, especially entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs, we, we have that skill and we know how to run a business. We how to know how to bring money in, but when a tax man comes around, <laughs> it's like, oh, like I would like, man, a tax man got me for 20 grand one year because I was making all this money and nobody told me that the tax man was going to come around. So when you hear these celebrities and they're like, they're like, oh, and I was a web designer and my uncle's the one that told me, man, you're in a lot of trouble. Cause I was like, I mean, I had one client pay me 10 grand 
for a check and he said oh you know they they listed that down there did you put anything away from that i was like no i invested in the business he was like yo he said the problem was is at the time the money that i was making was there was no expenses though he couldn't find any expenses enough expenses to to offset what I was yeah. what I was making. And so that's something that it wasn't explained to me. Nobody told me. I just didn't know until the the IRS came uh, knocking and I knew and by that time I owed all this money and I eventually paid it off, but I don't want uh, someone else to have to go through that starting a business. Right. You know, I had someone set up my <clears throat> my incorporation and they set up for 400 bucks, but they didn't explain anything to me or how the trademarking helped me. So I had all that stuff done, but nobody, and, and, and I'm not gonna blame anybody but myself, I didn't do any research into what it meant, what it means to file mm-hmm. quarterly, and what it means to keep books. I didn't, I didn't do any of that right. research. So it, it put me in a hole, but I was able to dig myself out. And so I don't want anybody else to go through that. So I wanna bring somebody on board. And um, I'm even gonna, ev- might be even calling some of you guys. So I see you guys have financial background. So <gasps> I might have you, when those guys come over here, you're gonna put them on the hot seat. I'll have you guys call in and ask some questions. So that'd be cool. But, um, yeah, that'd be cool. But ladies, we are about <laughs> to wrap up. Uh, and so I want you to plug your, your Instagrams. Please spell it out um, any way they can find you and what you're doing. And what's your next, uh, if you have anything else coming up, please plug it mm-hmm. in these next minutes. And um, yeah. yeah. So for Siren Pack, you can find everything under Siren Pack. So sirenpack.com is our website on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter. We're Siren Pack, S-I-R-E-N-P-A-C-K. Yes. And our next show is September 26th at Madame X. It's a Thursday evening. We make Thursdays very hot. And the show is called The Art of Duality. And so we're exploring our alter egos and our complexities and such. I can't wait. Yes. And Viviana, you want to plug anything? Um, Sure. You know what? No. Oh, 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 listen, oh, you could just say I hi know. to somebody if y'all want to. Matter of fact, you know what? Because I, because I, I, I don't know all of the the performers' name, and they all were amazing. Mm-hmm. So please, like, kind of like all- break, give them a shout out real quick, um, and and what they bring to the you know the table. Something short, of course. Yeah, sweet. That's everything from Caliente Creatrix, who's our other producer. And our performers, which range from Marlena to Taffeta Punk, Glowjob. These are also people who are at other shows, but like Delta Major, who's amazing. Uh, Trist La Noir. We also had Vera Sapphire. Mata is like glorious as well. Um, in the last show, you Catherine also... Yoma. Catherine Dioma. Like that is our girl. Um, and I think that's it. I mean... And you can always, like, in looking at our social media, you can also see our performers because we're always promoting them and even the other shows that they're in. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, I, I give a shout out to our photographer, Rob. Yes. He oh, my God. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing at what he does. He can be found on Instagram. He's Citizen Rob. Um, Citizen underscore Rob. So citizen underscore Rob. You will not do a show if he is not available. I like that. I love that. I love that loyalty. I love it. How did you guys meet Citizen Rob? Viviana. Viviana. Okay. Yeah, he's a he's a really good friend of mine. Um, and he does different photo shoots uh, around the city, and 
I really like his work. Um, he's very clean and thorough, professional, and I wanted to bring him on board and expose him a little bit more. And I'll tell you something that I noticed. Um, I didn't notice him, and that's a good thing for a photographer mm-hmm. because sometimes oh, yeah. when there's beautiful women around, some photographers decide they're going to take one of the performers and they're going to shoot a, a photo shoot right inside of the damn place. Right. Um, which I did witness that, but it was not your photographer. Shout out to whoever that guy was. But anyway, <laughs> I think that it's great that yeah. you have such a well-balanced team because he was like a ninja. Me being a photographer, yeah. the, the, mm-hmm. the, the thing that I noticed is, yeah, I want to be aware as a photographer, but I don't want to notice you all night. Yeah. I don't want you in my way all night. And that takes a skill set because he he's like eight foot, eight feet tall. I know, he but he's a like, ninja. He's a Viking and yet he's a ninja <laughs> and he's real slick with it. So once again, that is Cinderson yeah. underscore Rob. Yes. Mm-hmm. Citizen underscore Rob. Check check him out, people. I'm going to check him out, too. I'm going to go follow him. Uh, I also want to shout out um, a connection that I made through Siren Pack, and that is uh, the other Glenn. Mm-hmm. So there's another Glenn that I met on your forum, and uh, I thought that he knew you guys because someone had, had when I was a sponsoring, being a sponsoring your show, someone mis, um, thought that I was him. Yes. And so I said, who, who this other Glenn? And I went to his page and he was into fitness. And, and so we connected and I said, you know what? We should link up. And you know, we should link up. We should link up since we met on the Siren Pack page. I want you to come out to Siren Pack. So he came out he came and he had a show. great time and he's coming to the next one. He don't know it yet. But I'm <laughs> telling him he's coming. And um, it was great to meet, you know, so I'm, I'm meeting, you know, new people just, um, mm-hmm. just from coming, you know, just from being affiliated with you guys. So I'm going to be around. Yeah. And I got some business <laughs> to talk to you after here. But thank you, ladies, for coming out and uh, and being a part of Nine to Five Killers and keep killing, ladies. Yes. No, thank you. And thank you for sponsoring, promoting the show, bringing your friends and even having us on the podcast. The 9 to 5 Killers podcast is now available for your listening pleasure on Spotify, Apple Podcast and Stitcher.